1: Welcome to the SIFT spoil for uh, The Old Guard. And uh, we are going to be spoiling this movie now. So if you haven't seen it, you may want to go away. uh, Just because not only will we possibly spoil plot points for you, but we may be jumping around uh, too. So it may get a little bit confusing. But we're going to take a look at all the hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, and post-credit sequences for The Old Guard.
0: They all die a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. I don't know that there's a ton really to go over here, but what are you guys feeling? What are some of the things you couldn't really talk about before that you kind of wanted to mention?
2: Uh, well, definitely the character of, I believe it's pronounced Quinn, who mm-hmm. yeah. I, it sounds like uh, in, is confirmed to be like in a relationship with Andy. Maybe? Okay, okay, sweet. I had no idea that this was based on a comic book. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look it up.
0: Yep, Image comics. Nice.
2: But that whole thing and her drowning and the witch trials and, like, very interesting.
1: Well, and what's beautiful about that whole plot line is it's just so such a small part of this movie, and yet it does so much world building. Mm -hmm. The idea, I mean, it's maybe the deepest and most uh, painful thing in the movie. Is, you know, their relationship and the fact that she couldn't save her and that she's been 500 years, you know, uh, at the bottom of the ocean and and, of course, shows up in a post credit scene. Um, So, yeah, it's it's uh, it it's it's interesting that such a valuable part of the storytelling was really kind of just an aside as far as its actual plot uh, development, um, you know, necessity. It, w- it was yeah, just, I th- it
0: w- yeah. I think what it's doing is two things. I think that it's, or actually three things. Uh, it's kind of humanizing Andy's character, showing that she does actually, you know, she has loved, you know, stuff like that. Um, it shows that uh, for these immortals, that there can be fates worth worse than death. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, that, and it also shows that. Uh, that this immortality that they have it, it it's not without its you know uh hindrances or even dangers you know
1: mm-hmm. like yeah
0: having the ability to live forever can be a curse in multiple forms
1: it reminds me of that part it's of- also
0: yeah it's also setting up you know quinn's character yeah for the future
1: that, that part of it reminds me of uh, the book I read in school, Tuck Everlasting. Oh, I don't know if you guys had to read that, love too.
0: it. <laughs>
1: yeah, Tuck, Tuck Everlasting is a great book, but it deals with a lot of those same themes of, you know, immortality is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I felt a lot of that here. I also felt a lot of another Charlize movie. Uh, it, this almost feels like a Hancock sequel. In I was going to say, uh,
2: this is so weird that she's playing another immortal like Mm -hmm. superhero kind of
1: (laughs) right right yeah yeah I mean it's obviously very different but yeah it's obviously very different but it but I I got those vibes off of kind of the situation and so yeah I thought that was that was interesting um Andrew you seem to have some stuff you wanted to wait negative wise to say until spoilers
0: uh oh man now I can't remember uh (laughs) um Uh, what did it have to do? With? Oh, yeah, it had to do with edge of Four, um, that and how I I know what the movie is trying to do. The movie's trying to save him for potential sequels, you know, and like what his character is going to do for the group, you know, being a, uh, you know, a finder of a uh, of tasks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, because he's been. Because the whole movie, uh, for a good portion of the movie I should say, it, it leads you down this path of thinking that he is a, you know, just another black ops, uh, you know, kind of guy who all he wants is them. But then you find out halfway through, or uh, towards the end of the movie, that re- in reality he's uh, he's been following them, you know, forever. And he's been seeing, oh, yeah, they've been doing good deeds and stuff like that, you know, and that that's all he's been focusing on. But that revelation doesn't uh, flow with the actions that I'd seen that character, you know, kind of, you know, do from the first half of this movie. Like, if he really was, like, saying, oh, yeah, all these people, they've been doing great work and stuff like that, why did he trick them into going into Afghanistan so they could all get shot up in that basement, you know? What was the point of that, to prove to himself? I know it's to prove to Merrick or whatever, but it still doesn't seem, like, I don't follow that character's logic if that makes sense i would
2: believe it more if steven merrick wasn't so mustache twirly like no one is having a conversation with that man who thinks yes he is so altruistic and just wants to save humanity like Mm -hmm, i I don't think what's the character's name copley is is like if he does think that he's monumentally stupid (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I do think it is the one the one place uh, that the, the movie stretches itself a little too thin is the, uh, the villain part, which I mentioned during the podcast, and also the connection to uh, Copley and his choice to uh, turn them in to Merrick. Now, I can possibly believe that he thinks there's greater good to be done, but if he respects them and what they do, like you say, you would think he would be able to sit with them and, you know, and have a conversation or something. Um, But yeah, it's it. I think you're right. I think that does stretch things uh, a little bit. Um, I love this scene where she accidentally has her picture taken and she's like, Hey, let me take one and deletes it. I thought that was really great kind of world building Mm -hmm. about how careful she has to be. Uh, but then in, uh, you know, Copley's office, there's like a picture of them in the Civil War and they're like standing for a picture, which if you know anything uh, about photography, they probably had to stand there for a few minutes. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of a little different. Well, that would have right? been, yeah, but I think
0: that was t- it was a time before social media. Yeah. You know? yeah.
2: it, well, and I also think that like pictures in general would have been such a new in the Civil War. That was a fairly new technology and a fairly costly technology that you don't think This one person having a picture of us is going to do anything negative. I I can I can I can look away. What did bother me was in the very end montage. There was like a painting of the French Revolution. I think it was the French Revolution, and there was like a person in the painting who was like drinking alcohol, and it was circled in red pen, and it said Booker question mark. And I was like, no. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's great, that's great uh speaking of Booker, there's a reveal for you uh that we can talk about that, that uh now that we're in spoilers uh and I thought it was handled pretty well um I don't know that we ever get uh I don't know that we ever get really enough reason from him, especially you know because we've we've felt these bonds so deeply for their hundreds of years together that his decision to kind of turn that around also feels a little bit um uh, convenient or forced he
2: is uh, the newest member right
1: it, correct okay. correct so correct. i can see
2: him yeah. just you know if he's uh you know his his son looked like he was dying in the 1900s i don't remember exactly how old he was supposed to be but you know if he's just around 100 years old i can imagine that being the place where a lot of these immortals kind of go through a sort of you know 100 year crisis yeah <laughs>
0: Well, Napoleon. Or he he fought with Napoleon. Oh, okay. So so a little older than yeah. that,
2: but you know, yeah. still being newish. I can I can see it being a kind of like he's the newest, and he's dealing with all this, and he's trying to make yeah. sense of what his purpose is, and he's still you know it's still recent enough that he's lost his only family members to kind of get like convinced by these other people that like oh this is our purpose. I can save people when I couldn't
1: save my son. And of course, that's the, uh, the consequences that, that I was alluding to in the podcast Mm -hmm. proper were the consequences of that decision, uh, were a hundred years apart from the group and, uh, man, it just, it just felt so real and powerful and, um, just that they all, they, they didn't handle like the emotion. That's one of the things that I love about those characters is they're not emotionless. But the emotion is so grounded because they've been around so long that they just feel they're so emotionally mature that they're able to handle that situation with each other in, you know, a conversational, consequential way. Um, And they're able to laugh together about, you know, Niall feeling like they should have just let him back in. And they're like, you know, oh, the naivete (laughs) of Niall, you know. So, yeah, I like that, too.
0: Uh, What did you guys, uh, the thing that we really couldn't talk about in the podcast proper is that immortality isn't permanent. Mm. Right. That it eventually either wears off or, you know, has a finite amount of times you can come back, you know. Yeah. And that's what happens to Charlize's character. And the same thing happened to uh, Lycon, who was one of the original, uh, who was older than uh, Andy, I think. Because Andy's like, I think seven thousand years old, something like that. Mm.
2: I was gonna say, do you know from the note, from the comic if it's like said? Because in, in the movie, she was very cagey about that.
0: Yeah, I know she's at least seven thousand years old.
2: That's old. Yeah.
1: the uh, yeah. the movie the movie seems to hint at. I mean, um, Andy uh, herself seems to hint at that she thinks that she lost her immortality when Nile gained mm. hers. Which Um, is what
0: I was thinking, like, could there only be four? Is that, like, a rule or something? I haven't read much of the comics. Well, five, because Quinn's still uh, alive.
1: Yeah, Quinn's still alive, so. Oh, yeah. And
2: that makes me think that it's not a uh, a finite amount of times, because you imagine it doesn't take you that long to drown. Like, you know, and if she's coming back to life and re-drowning hundreds of times a day, thousands of times a week, millions of times, (laughs) you know, like, it can't be like a number there's got to be some other reason and again it might be explained in the comics but just from the book itself or from the movie itself it's yeah. uh seems a little more mysterious well-
1: and and I love the mystery in this. And Andrew, I think you, you mentioned that the, the, the movie doesn't feel like it has to answer everything. And yeah. what I find uh, fascinating is that Andy has that conversation in the plane, which is another one of my favorite scenes. The plane scene is is really fun. Oh yeah, the play the play dead <laughs> thing, uh, when that you know, comes which back. comes back. Yeah, is, is good stuff. But um, but she mentions in that uh, you know, that uh, or Nile does that she believes in God. And, you know, of course, Andy's response is, you know, um, dismissive, you know, eye-rolly, that kind of thing, based on that she's been around, you know, forever and seen so much pain and suffering, I'm sure, those kind of things. But at the same time, there's enough mystery even to her that you would think there would be enough unanswered questions that she would still, you know, have, you know, some sort of doubt either way. Um, And I'm not saying the movie portrays this poorly. I think that probably would be her response but I love that the movie is like, no mystery is still real. Even when you've been around 7,000 years, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that's uh, still a real thing. She's not omniscient. Um, She's about as close to omniscient as you could be as a human being, having lived 7,000 years or whatever. And again, the movie doesn't say 7,000, but Andrew did and I trust him. Um, But, uh, but she's not omniscient. Uh, And so there, there is that mystery there. They don't know why or how, somebody loses their immortality. And I mean, Andrew, you could speak to the, um, the graphic novel, but I, I don't know that they address that in there or not, but, um, it's an unsolved mystery at this point.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you guys catch the, uh, correlation between Joe and Nikki and Andy and Quinn, how, uh, Joe and Nikki started off as enemies. Mm -hmm. You know, they were killing each other during the crusades but now they're in love, and now Andy and Quinn loved each other, but now it looks like they're going to become enemies. Mm -hmm. It's like they're the yin and yang of each other. I hadn't
2: thought of it in that light, but I did catch that they were on opposite sides of the Crusades.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Another uh, thing that... Oh, go ahead, Erin.
1: I was just going to say, there is an interesting thing, too, with the loss of uh, immortality for the Andy character of if there are sequels... Uh, that is a consequential event, right? And I think there is an element of if they were all of a sudden a sequel, like, oh, she got it back, I'd be like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, like, I really feel yeah. like they have to stick with that. And so it's an interesting way for a movie to actually have a character quote-unquote kind of die, but not really die. So, like, they can come back in the sequels, but they're diff- they've are they changed. You know, there's consequence uh, to an action. So, yeah. you know, you talk about stakes, and you know, that that is one of the stakes for her now, is that, that she can die and I don't I don't see a way that for them to go back on that that makes me feel good uh, about this yeah. property you know
0: yeah I don't I don't want them to right exactly uh, and, but at the same time I'm not yes uh they she can die now but at the same time uh what somebody said a line in the movie like uh that woman has forgotten more ways to kill people than armies will ever learn or something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So I'm not (laughs) entirely worried for her. Uh, She can take care of herself plainly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, but honestly though, I, I, yes, I'm with you with a big caveat and that caveat is she has part of her strategy in killing and fighting has been not to sweat the bullets or the stab wounds or those kind of things. And now she's having, I would think having to learn a new style of fighting and a new awareness of things, because that is a strength. If you don't have to worry that a stab wound is going to kill you or a bullet's going to kill you, that gives you the ability to fight differently. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, she has a lot of practice, but it's a lot of practice with a different, you know, environment and context. So do you think
0: at this time, Andy cares about dying?
1: Ooh. not right now but i think once she knows quinn is uh not at the bottom of the ocean she will definitely yeah. care uh about living or dying whether it be to st- stop quinn from going insane or you know to uh to love her again so i don't know
0: yeah Um my final question that i have anyway is for me, Booker, from the beginning of this movie, I knew he was going to be the one to uh, to turn on him. Did you guys catch that at all? Like, no. I don't know. It was just something about him. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to be.
2: I started to get it once he told his backstory to, I think it was to Nile. I mean, it had to be to Everybody else would know it. Um, <laughs> once he told his backstory.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, I know it's been 200 years. <laughs> um,
2: once he told that to Nile, I was like, ooh, that feels eerily similar to what we already know is an issue for the people trying to create this immortality serum or whatever they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, he really was he was he was really committed though to take a grenade in the gut just to, you know, prove that he oh, yeah. was innocent or whatever. Um yeah. So no, I didn't I actually didn't pick up on any any of it. Um yeah. I was surprised.
0: Maybe it's just that I've always seen Matthias play villains <laughs> and I'm like, okay, when is he gonna When's he, when's he gonna, you know, turn cause that's yeah. what he does
1: <laughs> uh, is there more mystical uh, anything mystical about the, uh, the weapon at all?
0: oh, you mean her axe?
1: <clears throat> yeah, or is it I just, think a, it's just, just an old sure it's school just axe? An axe. Yeah. the fire okay. axe?
0: oh, I like the fact her axe? what? a fire axe?
2: what? I, I might have just oh, her axe? is that what you said?
0: <laughs> no, her 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 battle axe. Right, that she
2: uses the fire axe. Yeah. Did she have a battle axe at some other point? I told you, I was distracted through the beginning of this movie.
0: I didn't see. I
1: didn't see that her axe was on no, fire. No, like it's like, a, or is it just like
2: in the end when she grabbed You're talking about when she grabbed the axe. It was it was a oh, fire axe. No, no,
1: no, no, no. The battle axe that she has. Oh. It, almost, it looks like a. It's like a staff, and it has you know the axe on both ends and a circle in the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's what kills uh, Merrick at the end. Merrick, yeah, they bury yeah. it in his throat. basically. Besides,
0: you know, the car. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> well, car yes. and the axe kill Merrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I don't think. Th- I think those are just the uh, the weapons that they used whenever they found out they were immortal. Like if you look at <clears throat> uh, Nikki, he's using you know a crusader sword, and uh, uh, then there's also like a scimitar and stuff like that. So
1: yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it,
0: what was... The, uh, I also... What do you think of the fact that this villain... It, it was very easy for the for this movie to do something like, uh, oh, these are immortals, and now all of a sudden there's a greater supernatural threat that they have to come together. But no, they're just fighting people in this movie. They're the only supernatural, mystical thing in this mm-hmm. movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it works because, you know, you amp up the... It, basically, they have to um, go through, you know, masses of people. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it works.
2: But even yeah. though they're mystical, they aren't like... As far as I could tell, they don't have like super strength or anything. It's just the fact that they've been alive so long. No. So they've got more knowledge and that they can't die. So it doesn't make it like it's like they're just plowing through these people. There's definitely still effort. So I think it almost is okay mm-hmm. that they're not having to fight these like big supernatural whatever that there's still that effort. Behind. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Agree. Good movie though. Agree. Mm-hmm. Agree. Anything else before we close this off?
2: I really hope there's a sequel.
1: <laughs> I do too. I yeah. do too. I'm hoping for a sequel. I love a good lovers
2: uh, to enemies trope. So I would super love to see Andy and Quinn at odds, whether or not they figure that out. Eventually or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm down for it. I'm totally down for it. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out with us for the spoilers. Not sure what we'll be reviewing next week, but if we need to spoil something, we will do it uh, in a separate uh, Sip Spoil episode like this one, Uh, but we'll see you then.
0: Bye. Bye.